Trust in God and God will make your path straight. And in all things and everything, lean on God for your understanding. Please be seated. As we read this passage, we come across a declaration. Whoever believes in me does not believe in only me, but in the one who sent me. When we believe in Jesus, we are not only believing in Jesus, but we are believing in the eternal Godhead, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. One God who leads us and nurtures us. As, this, as these passages unfold in the final weeks and moments of Jesus' ministry here on earth, they're shared at a time of intensity. And when things get intense for us as disciples, when there are challenges and worries, sometimes we can forget what our focus is. In, this, in the midst of this intensity, Jesus grabs his disciples' attention and then refocuses them on what they're here to do and what he is here to do. In this moment of intensity, Jesus doesn't speak anxiety or worry, but he speaks life and, lo- and abundance into those around him. Jesus declares, whoever believes in me not only be- does not only believe in me, but in the one who sent me. Jesus reminds his disciples that his mission is not just about himself, but about the Father who sent him. Jesus is not acting in his own authority, but in the authority of the Godhead, and is fulfilling the plan that the Godhead has put together in motion. In setting this plan in motion, Jesus tells us that he will be the one who they need to follow. He is the one who is the light. He brings light, not as a sign of burning people and judging them, but to help them out of their darkness. Sometimes we can use the words, oh, you've sinned, oh, you're an awful person. But Jesus is asking us as the light to say to people, oh, you've sinned, all right, let's start again tomorrow. Let's wake up and let the light of God, let let the gospel start working in you again. In a world that, that can often feel dark and hopeless and have people's judgment statements go through everything that we do, Jesus here is offering a way forward, a path out of the darkness and into the light by being the light that we follow and being the light that energises our hope. Jesus also acknowledges that, um, that when he shares his words, there, there, there are going to be people that reject him. If anyone does not hear his words, he does not judge that person, for he didn't come to judge them and the world, but to save them. Jesus recognises that not everyone will be receptive to his message, but he also makes it clear that his mission is not one of uh, judgment, but of salvation. In this powerful passage, in this reading, we see that there is a statement that those who do not receive his words, on the last day, the words will will act to judge them. This statement from Jesus is a sobering reminder that there will be a day when each of us will stand before God and give an account of our lives. 
For those who reject Jesus and his message, there will be consequences. And that is very clear from the passage. So as a church that is in renewal and refreshment and revival, what are the things that we can take away from from this passage today? First, we can be reminded that Jesus' mission is not just about himself, but the entire Godhead who sent him. Our discipleship and our mission, the way we act and the things we do, particularly as we renew, refresh and revive the parish, should never be about our own selves or our own agendas. We need to constantly be able to reference the master plan that God has. And this plan has been put together in the words of Jesus Christ and it is called the gospel. Our plan is to go out and baptise people and bring them to God. We are not the agents of conviction. The Holy Spirit is the one that convicts when the Father has allowed it. So we must pray for others. We must pray that the Father reveals himself to them. We must constantly allow for the Holy Spirit to enter their hearts, minds and souls because when the Holy Spirit is present, evil can't be there. So if evil's not there, then the only words you can actually allow into your heart, mind and souls are the promptings from God the Father. Second, we must take comfort that Jesus offers a way out of the darkness and into the light. As Jesus' church, as the, as, the, as the bride to the bridegroom, we are those that are led by this light. And this light for us empowers our faith. And we can always move forward by faith. Faith that is informed by the scripture and prayer. In my first year in starting this, and that's today, so happy anniversary, everyone. So, so it's been a great year, and I know that uh, it's taken a while to get used to me, but I hope we're sort of getting there, I think. I think everyone knows who I am and what I stand for. But when I started here, there was a lot of darkness. There was a lot of darkness around the idea of what will happen to the parish. How will we move forward? The numbers are getting dwindling, and we're not going anywhere. And there are a lot of good people who have invested in this parish and want to pass it on to someone. We want to hand things over. And my message a year ago and today and probably for the next little while will always be that we need to have faith. Our Lord is the light of this church. Jesus owns the church. The church is established because of Jesus. And Jesus will not let the church fail where people come in faith and say to him, Lord, we are ready to serve the plan that your father has put into place. And we need to have a faith that is a faith in confidence. If you're praying for rain, take an umbrella. If we're praying for growth, then we need to dust down the pews. We need to make sure that we have plenty of pew sheets. We need to have plenty of wine. We need to have the wine flowing and the wafers filling the ciboriums. Jesus said to Thomas, happy are those who believe but have not seen. We need to be the ones that are happy with our prayers before we see them enacted. We should see our prayers answered as we pray them, not wait for the result from Jesus. So we have prayed for people to come. In your hearts, do you see the pews full? 
Do you truly see that or all the prayers just, Lord, I'm hoping that you hear it, but I'm not sure if you did. But I'm going to keep praying it and maybe, oh, something will tell me that you've heard it. Well, the 72 people that came for our Easter Sunday resurrection service, how does that, does that not tell you that God is with us? And God will do little spots. I've seen in my own journey as a priest where we've revived and renewed parishes, you go along and there's a spike and then, there's a, then it goes along and there's another spike and the spikes become more often. And God kind of goes, all right, I'll show you what I can do. So God's shown us what he can do. How do we feel about it? What's that telling us? Does that energize you? Does it scare you? Because sometimes we can be worried that if we are praying for a church that is growing, well, what happens when the new people outnumber the old people and those that are on parish council are no longer the people that were here for the last 20 years, but people that might have been here for a year, two years or five years, and they're the ones making the decisions. It's good, but it can be confronting too, Colleen, because they'll make decisions that you guys never anticipated, just like I'm making decisions that some people have never anticipated. So how do we need to... Uh, we need to allow our faith to grow in that and say, Lord, this is your church. And yes, that scares me and that worries me, but I want your Holy Spirit to comfort me. I want you to surround me. I want you to let me sleep in your spirit and, and energize me. And let's pray, Colleen, for, and others, for those that are in our church that are worried about the growth, that are worried about where the church might be headed and how they might be losing out because they're not seeing that we're gaining more. So we always have to see those sort of things. And finally, we need to recognise that not everyone will accept the messages we give. My own personal ministry experience shows me that sometimes we get people coming through another gate. Sometimes they want to use the gospel and weaponise it to hurt other people and to hurt their feelings and to allow judgement statements and the word should, you should do this. Or... Sometimes I see people coming to speak to me and they tell me a resume of all the things they've done. And then I say, well, tell me how Jesus convicted you. And they can't tell me how Jesus was convicted, or how Jesus convicted them. So testimony, knowing how Jesus came into your life and gave you a calling and gave you a purpose in God's plan is vital. And we need to be able to articulate that more than give a resume of all the things that we've done. Because your calling and your purpose in God's plan is actually the vital thing that Jesus is speaking about today. Jesus' reminder today is that there will be a day when we will each stand before God and give an account of our lives. And we must always be mindful of dealing with the log in our own eye before we worry about the splinters in another. As we strive to read the gospel and keep the gospel and Jesus' words and follow him faithfully to ex execute God's plan by the promptings of the Holy Spirit, my goal in leading you and my goal for myself personally and hopefully your goal for yourself is that we can stand before God and hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. And we should be coveting those words above any material, financial or social wealth that the world tells us is important. Let's focus on our relationship with Jesus 
and the calling we have and the testimony he asks us to, to give as disciples of Christ. The Lord be with you.